and everyone. Grace and peace and God's blessings to every single one of you. My name is Pastor Gloria Boyce and I want to welcome you all to the Millennial Consciousness Expansion. We're going to have a Holy Ghost wonderful time in the Lord. Amen. Well, this evening, people of God, we are talking about we are under divine guidance. And today we will be looking for six readers. The first reader is from Ecclesiastes 9, verses 15 to 17. The second reader is John 14, verses 25 to 27. The third reader is Luke 10, verses 25 to 27. The fourth is Mark 4, verses 36 to 39. The fifth is John 14, verses 5 to 7. And the sixth is John 10, verses 9 to 11. This evening's subject matter is We Are Under Divine Guidance. Really want you to take this in and understand that you're not alone in this world. We are under divine guidance. Tonight we're talking about we are under divine guidance. And I really want you to take that in. Take it into your consciousness. Because many times when trouble hits us or confused things we don't understand hit us. We want to think that we're all alone and we want to have a little pity party and think that we're all alone. But tonight I'm telling you that we are under divine guidance. You are never, never alone. We are surrounded at all times by what scripture calls angels, which hover over us always. Hear me somebody. We are surrounded at all times. I was scripture called angels which hover over us always. Within us are those divine ideas or spiritual impulses which guide, lead, and direct us, even though as human beings we are not aware of them. As human beings brought up with the ordinary church, experiences or with no church at all, we are not aware of the fact that we are constantly under divine government, divine guidance. In reality, we are under the law of the Spirit, the Spirit of God, and under the Spirit of the law of God. In practice, we walk around like the prodigal, thinking I of my own self am something. And I am going out into the world to make a name for myself, to earn a living for myself, and to become something great of and by myself. Thereby, we set up a counterfeit identity and develop concern about the health, about the wealth, about success, and contact of this counterfeit identity. Yet, all the time, even though probably we never thought of it, we have been completely surrounded by an atmosphere of love and completely enthused or captured in divine being. 
as a matter of fact, we are divine beings. We are the Father consciousness itself. Hear me, somebody. We are the Father's consciousness itself. But we have walked about in the world believing consciousness to be something small, finite, insignificant, and unimportant. The purpose of this teaching is to bring us back to the Father's house, back to our consciousness of the presence and power of God. We are in this work, but for one purpose, to be led back to the kingdom of our own consciousness in which God is manifested as divine wisdom, as divine love, as light, as truth, as immortality and eternity. So, that's my preamble. I'm going to pause there. Now we will go to the scriptures and then we will come back with this evening session. We are under divine guidance. First reader, Ecclesiastes 9, verses 15 to 17. Now there was found in it a poor wise man, and he by his wisdom delivered the city, yet no man remembered the same poor man. Then said I, Wisdom is better than strength. Nevertheless, the poor man's wisdom is despised, and his words are not heard. The words of wise men are heard in quite quiet more than the cry of him that ruleth among fools. Here ended the portion of scripture. To God we give the glory. Praise be to God. Next reader, John 14. Verse 25 to 27. These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. The word of the Lord. Praise be to God. Next reader, Luke 10, verses 25 to 27. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said unto him, What is written in the law? How readest thou? And answering said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy strength and with all thy mind and thy neighbor as thyself. The word of the Lord. Praise be to God. Next reader, Mark 4, verses 36 to 39. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along, just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious 
squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stone, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke up and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. The word of the Lord. Praise be to God. Next reader, John 14, verses 5 to 7. Thomas said unto him, Lord, we have not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If he had known me, he should have known my Father also. And from henceforth he know him and have seen him. The word of the Lord. Praise be to God. Next reader, John 10, verses 9 to 11. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved, and shall go in and out, and find pasture. The thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill, and to destroy. I am come that they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. The word of the Lord. Praise be to God. Now, for a moment, let us consider the synonyms for God. Taking just a few with which we are familiar. We know God is an, is an infinite being, and therefore, we take each of the synonyms for God as representing the allness and the wholeness of God. We do not separate God into synonyms and then say, this synonym represents one quality or activity of God, and this synonym represents another quality or activity of God. We understand that every synonym represents the allness of God. Although we may use a certain synonym in order to emphasize some particular quality or activity. Let me see if I can make sense out of this. So, God is infinite. Therefore, God is immortality or eternal life. Since that is true, eternal life must be as infinite as God and must include the activities and properties of the incorporeal spirit, divine love, and eternal substance. God is infinite. God is infinite being. God is spirit. God is the substance of the universe. Therefore, since God is infinite, 
spirit and substance must be infinite. Are you hearing me, somebody? And incorporate spirit embraces, includes, and externalizes all the activity of life, truth, and love, soul, principle, law, together with all the other synonyms for God, which are found in the spirit. All of it is God. Why then do we divide the word of God into synonyms and use them interchangeably? It is for the same reason and the same way that you may speak of my being a woman or a wife or a mother or a friend or a teacher or a lecturer or a writer. But each one of these includes all the others. When we speak when you speak of me, for instance, as a teacher, you do so to emphasize one particular phrase of my work or facet of my work. But this does not mean that you are not aware of my being all the other things too. In some way, when I think of you as a friend, I also think of you as a man or as a woman or as a mother or as a father. At least in the back of my mind, I know that you are all those things too. I cannot separate the you of you as a friend from the you of you as a parent or you of you as a husband or a wife. So, when we think of God or when we think of healing, we do when we think of God, we think of God, the oneness of God, as divine being individualized in us. We do not want to bring out the harmony of your being in one area and lose sight of it in other areas. But rather, we bring out the oneness of the divine. Being, being as your individual being, and this will make it simple. But we tend to break God up into synonyms, and God doesn't operate in pieces. He operates in allness. We do not want to bring on the harmony of your being in one area and lose sight of it in another area, another area. But rather, we bring out the oneness of the divine being as your individual being. You hear me, somebody? We do this because we are not yet at the level of consciousness which does not occasionally require what we call treatment. And for that reason, we make use of the synonyms of God because we can't work with the oneness, so we break it up for our comprehension and for our understanding. Now, we acknowledge that there are varying states and stages of consciousness. One person coming into uh, this teaching may come at a level of deeply religious consciousness. He comes into the fullness of understanding, first entering a clear idea of love of God, love of Christ, and love of the Master, and of his disciples. Devotional religious people may come 
with a uh, uh, free domination in, in his approach to the spiritual path. But there are others who this world will would be these persons understand God to be infinite. Some places, the intellectual, they understand God to be infinite, infinite intelligence. They are not interested in the devotional approach to God, and oftentimes not even in the Word of God. I have heard metaphysicians say, forget that Word of God. You use it too much. In the same way, some people are opposed to the term Christ. I said, can you think of something else? for the Christ, can't you say the truth or the law? I would say, I like the word Christ, so I use Christ, but that is how some people think. To some people, divine love might mean a great deal. Then another person might come, come in on a level of mind, and in that case, his friend or his prayer would be more along the lines of realizing mind, manifested as idea, manifested as activity, manifested as law. There are those who can only understand God as law, and they are very rigid about the idea that God is law. It is not for us to judge, and I'm going through all of this to get to this point. It is not for us to judge as to whether anyone is right or wrong. Please, get that out of your head. It is not for us to judge whether anyone is right or wrong. These various approaches to truth, to metaphysical teaching, work as merely degrees of different states of consciousness and experience. It's not about right or wrong, it's just a different stages or different states of consciousness. And each one of us, according to his or her background or environment or pre-existence, see this work in a different light. One comes through devotion. One comes through mind. One comes through principle. But if we are progressing, if we are understanding more and more of this work, we are coming to that place in consciousness where no treatment is ever necessary. And in that state, we look out upon the world, beholding the perfection which underlines all appearances. Hear me, somebody. We will reach that stage where we will look out into the world, beholding the perfection which underlines all appearances. There's a perfection that underlines all appearances. And we will start, when, as your consciousness grows, you will start to develop. You will start to be able to behold the perfection that underlines all appearances. Then, we are not touched by appearances. We know the appearances to be unreality, a false sense of the real. And we're not we do not give a treatment or try to fix it. Yet, no matter how far we progress in this world, there are times when we are called upon to think in terms of what the world might call a treatment or a prayer. 
And that is where the use of the synonym for God comes in. In treatment or in praying, in its highest sense, we turn to the principle. We turn to God. We touch and make contact with that. And all of a sudden, we see is the divine life energy flowing through. That is all there is to treatment. When you feel that divine life energy flowing through, then after that, we have made the contact. Usually, words come that the person is healed or improved. You, you will feel it in you. If he is not completely healed, we make the contact again and again. So you pray again and again, but you're not praying for the person. Hear me. You are trying to make contact with the divine spirit within you. That's why peace is so necessary. Never pray for a person. Never, please. It is not he himself realizes freedom and says, No, I am here and no I know. They will feel it, they will know. If we have difficulty in establishing that contact, if our own thought is not sufficiently clear to carry us immediately to the throne of God, then use the synonym. Using the synonym, they serve a wonderful purpose. So if you can go quickly to the throne of God, you will get the release that you're looking for. But if not, then you could use the synonym that we talk about to, to, for the purpose of whatever it is you try to accomplish. Let us suppose that we are confronted with a condition of illness where there seems to be a danger to life. Life is not in danger. Hear me, somebody. People are going to come to you with all kinds of illness that they will try to project that a life is in danger. But life is not in danger. That is only the appearance. For life is never in danger. So in turning to God as life, we think of life as immortality and eternity. We think of life as having no beginning and no ending. We feel life as the life of the universe, the life and the law, not only of the individual man and woman, but of all that is appearing as animal, as vegetable, as mineral world. Life is consciousness. Life is never in danger. So, try and get me. There's great work that you guys could do. If you move your mind or your consciousness off the individual and stop assigning errors to them. Don't be assigning errors to them. That's a false appearance. So don't assign them any errors. Go to the throne of God. So we must see life as the life of the universe and life of the law not only of the individual man and woman, but all 
that is appearing as animal, as vegetable, as mineral water, all of that is life. So life is never in danger. We see God as life of the universe. We allow our thought to dwell on this idea of life eternal, life immortal. And we let any thought that comes to us along the line, along this line, unfold. When that has gone on for a while, and we finally feel we have come to an end of this contemplation, we just keep the listening ear open until we feel the truth. Then we can say, thank you, Father, it is done. Another case may present itself to us. At this time, it may be something with the appearance of a paralysis, of inaction, overaction. In such a case, we may quietly think of mind as the instrument of God. Remember, never assign errors to individuals. So you think of the mind as the instrument of God. Mind is the source and seat of all action. Mind as the instrument of God is the law unto all manifestation, unto all creation. Infinite intelligence governs, maintains, and sustains its ideas. Body as idea is a formation of mind. Just as the reality underlying all formation is right idea. Without mind, there is no idea. Without idea, there is no mind. Because there could be mind without activity. There could not be mind without activity. And the activity of mind is idea. There cannot be paralysis, mind, or a paralyzed idea. You hear me? There can only be harmonious activity in mind, which is the instrument of infinite intelligence and which expresses infinite activity. In spiritual healing, always remember this. Never approach the healing world from the standpoint of disease or from the standpoint of, of, of the person. Leave your person out of it entirely. Leave the human being out of it entirely. The moment a claim is presented as personal condition, drop it from your mind. Then and there, and go to the word, God. Drop our sense of mind, of sin, of disease, of lack and limitation. If you find yourself struggling with these errors, they are errors. If you find yourself struggling with these errors, try to improve or change them. You will not bring about any healing. Go to that word, God, as quickly as you can. Then, if you like, jump from God to one of the synonyms and in that way work out from God. Now, love is the basis of all relations. It is the same in any problem of human relationship. 
it may be the relationship between the employer and the employee, between a husband and a wife, between a parent and a child. But actually, in each and every situation, what we are dealing with is God. In all cases of human relationship, love is the only relationship there is because God is love. That's another synonym that you put. Hear me. Did you ever stop to think that there would be no relationship at all between human beings if they were not love to cement that relationship? Whether the relationship is between parent and child, or whether it's between human beings and birds, or bees, or plants, makes no difference. Love is the basis of all relationships. Therefore, if the claim is that of a discordant relationship between people, let us turn immediately to the word God. And then quickly go from there to divine love, emanating as an aura. Love is a is permeate is a permeating substance, a penetrating substance. Love is a cement, a, a unity, an influence. So it's somebody come to you with some kind of discord, never mind the discord, go to God, because God is all these things, and then you can break it down into children so that you are better able to handle, and there you go to love, because love, you can't have a relationship without love, you go to love, you go to God, and quickly go from God to divine love, divine love emanating as an aura. That's how we pray. Divine love emanating as an aura. Love is a permanent substance. Love is a penetrating substance. Love is a cement. Love is an influencer. It's a unifier. Then come words like unity, oneness, as one man. All properties of this divine love. You see that in thinking along these lines, we have never thought about the person involved about about the human being in the picture and their worry or disturbed relationship. Can you see that? All we have thought about is love and its property, love and its quality, love and its influences, love and its omnipresence. By the time we have finished thinking about love, you, the telephone should ring that someone on the other line telling you that the issue has been resolved. These examples that I'm giving show us the reason for using synonyms of God. That's what is just to show you why we are seeking merely to find the word that most closely fits the situation as it's presented to us in the human system. Yet all the time we are talking about love, let us remember that love is also divine intelligence. Love is also substance. When we think of love, we cannot help going back to the master, to the ministry of the master, 
when he said, My peace I give unto you. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy strength and with all thy mind and thy neighbor as thyself. You will never stay far from Christ while you are dealing with love. And you will never stay far from peace. Be still while you are living with the word love. Hear me, somebody. In the same way, you will never get very far into sin, into disease, or into death while your thought is being permeated with the consciousness of life eternal. Just go back to the master, to I, to I am. Become so familiar with the teaching of Jesus that no matter what situation arises, some of his gentle, persistent statements immediately come to life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am come that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. Have you ever stopped to think? How much time you spend trying to find some truth or wishing that you might know some particular truth. You do not have to do that at all. If you can realize the master said, I am the truth, then you will have it all. I am the truth. And when you have that, you do not have to look for some truth. What I already am. I am the truth. Have you ever thought how much time you spend seeking love? It is time wasted because it is always to be found where you never think to look for it. It is always your own being. I am light, truth, and love. I am love. I am the only love there is in the world. I am all that God is. All that the Father has is mine. Our mistake is that we look for love in or from some person. There we shall never find it. Never. The love we find in a person is a counterfeit of love. We shall find love only when we discover it as the reality of our being. In the same way, how often do we look to somebody for justice, for mercy, or for gratitude? We cannot find these qualities in any person because they are not there to be found. All these qualities are of your own being. If you do not find them within you, and if you do not find them very much in expression, do not look for them outside. But if once you do find that justice, mercy, kindness, and gratitude are qualities of your own being, and that you are allowing them to become into full expression, then you will not look for them in anyone else ever again. You will not have to. Because they will be reflecting back to you from the rest of the world. But always, what is being reflected back to you, back to you, will be the qualities of your own being.
and hear me. What is reflected back to you will be the qualities of your own being. Please remember this. You will never get anything from this world except the quality of your own Please, 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 please. You will never get anything from this world except the qualities of your own being. You can pick up yourself how much you want and lie to yourself how much you want, but the fact is you will never get anything from this world except the quality of your own being. Therefore, anything which comes to you will come only by reflection. It is as if you stood in front of a mirror and saw whatever stands before you, before the mirror. There is nothing in the mirror to be seen. What you see is your own selfhood reflecting back to you. This is a law and a principle. The quality, whatever its name or nature, is in our own being. When someone expresses this to us, he merely reflects our own being back to us. It is our own quality which has been reflected. I'm going to stop there. I hope this makes some kind of sense. I hope I came across clearly. Pastor Gloria, good night. Another powerful teaching. For me, what stood out is the God is infinite. And all the synonyms of God is God. You know, we don't have to differentiate him. But sometimes differentiation helps certain persons. So they may hold on to one aspect of it, but it is all God. For those of us who have a better consciousness will understand, okay, they're holding on to it because that's what they, in their present consciousness, understand today. But you're saying to us, do not judge if it is right or wrong because it is all God, because God Mm -hmm. is in everything. And you know what struck me, Pastor Gloria, when you said life is, is not in danger. Plants are alive. Animals are alive. Things are every, it's, it's, it's alive. There's a life force that flows and it is God in everything. He is infinite. 